Brought to you by BedroomBattlefields.com, this is the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. Should I continue open these Q&A episodes by stating that the guest needs no introduction before Julie proceeding to give an introduction? <laughs> listen, you know who Thomas Perrinan is, and I'm sure you'd much rather listen to him talk than me. So let's just dive in, shall we? First question to Thomas then, why does he think this hobby still exists? I think you look at the history course, of course, the modern war gaming, you could say that the, that's uh, Welsh's Little Wars. But of course, you look at the history to the ancient uh, civilizations. They had their own versions of this hobby. They had the, the, the games of strategy and beautifully crafted pieces representing armies. Um, I also think that the, the huge resurgence we've seen in physical games is that as our world goes really digital, people, we are at the end of the day, it's the, the, we are flesh and bone. It's the, we crave the, rea- the, 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 the reality of physical things, books, miniatures that we can touch with our hands, that not everything is this thing that only exists on, yes, in the, the, the cyberspace. Again, I'm not criticizing. There are great many things that have come out of the, the, the revolution in the technology. But, but I think the social aspect is huge. There is less and less face-to-face contact, but uh, a tabletop game is getting together with your friends and the interacting them. Is the, the as nature intended us is the, in these small groups is the going together. I think the I think it's very healthy for us. Like the studies say that the we separate very early age fiction and reality, and it's very good for us to explore areas in fiction that are not and, and shouldn't be part of our lives, like war. We love the the idea concept of competition, combat, uh, uh, the the combat. But the, the, of course, all of us know that the, the, we should avoid war at any cost. Um, but the, the, it allows the worlds of fiction, allows the thrill of, the, the, of the, the, this great conflict and imagine, uh, engaging in imagination. Um, I think the, the, in the case of uh, Games Workshop, the foundational work we talked about with John and Rick and others, it's the, there is stories, characters, the, 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 the imaginarium there that just engages your brain is the, and, and stays there. You know, when John is the, the announces retirement, is the, I posted a couple of things, and it's an insane number of, of people you and commented. And the thing is that they all remember, usually several, but at least one like seminal piece that's in the back of your mind. Uh, I think there are characters we've written and the games we've written that, that you played and there was this incredible experience that you just go with you that you don't really get anywhere else. It's the uh, it's a combination of art. You being engaged yourself and doing stuff is the, the modeling, painting. It's the many people draw. It's the, the because of it. It's the uh, writing. Uh, um I think it's memorable and the, the people find it enjoyable. And I don't think it's a kind of experience which by its nature is very difficult to truly digitalize. At the end of the day, you can't hold and get physical paints and paint something in digital space. You can do a great many things, but not that. Um, so the, the, but like everything, I mean, 
people always ask me about Mordheim. Why does it endure? And I said, you tell me. You guys keep playing it. There is no official support. It's the the it's played by more people now than ever. It's the the so it has to be the product itself. It's the the because I can't force anybody to play a game I made. That's a conscious choice, and for them to keep playing it is again. They do it because they enjoy it. So your answer is, is that it's you guys. It's your fault why it's endured. It's that you keep playing this stuff we, we come up with. What's your favourite book of all time? Oh, Lord of the Rings. It's the both as a work of fiction and a literature and the, the, as the, the, I think for so many of us, the foundation of the, the why we are in this business. Uh, very much it's the also the the David Day's Tolkien bestiarium that turned it into incredible pictures. And here we go again, John Blanche and Miller. Um, the, the, when I was a little kid, he was already at it. I'm going to paint this bloody fall of Condolin. It's the, um, the, the, um, it would be silly for me to say anything else. And of course, his wider legendarium. There are many other important books. It's the, the, Master and Margarita by Gogol. It's the Dune on science fiction. It's the the Ursula Le Guin's work. It's the Earth on especially the first three books of Earthsea. Um, the the um, the Finnish author Mika Baltari, his historical novels. I read a lot. Who or what is your biggest inspiration in what you do? Good question. I think it depends on which area you are talking about. It's the because I get. For fiction or for rules, there are different people. It's the inspiration, I say, it's a, it's a difficult word. Again, it's, you have to say Tolkien because the, 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 we are all stand on, on the Mount Tolkien. It's the, that's the reality of it, and anybody who says otherwise is lying. Uh, but Rick was my mentor. It's, he taught me the ropes of how to be a game designer. Jervis as to how to carry yourself as a as a man, man and a game designer. It's the um, never can reach quite his levels of wholesomeness, but the there is a because you remember it doesn't matter how brilliant you might be in your job. Is the, the you should also strive to be a decent human being in what you do. Um, that is at least as important as any skill you might have on your specialist area. Um, on my sort of how to approach people. My grandmother is the somebody who comes from very simple background and the 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 shows that you can you can do it. It's the, the you must have perseverance. Treat everybody equally. Very important. Um, uh, there's been several great artists that the, the, uh, have inspired me. But like I said, when we go to the foundational stuff, it's the, the Ian Millers and John stuff from my childhood. It's the, um, the, the absolutely loved, Frasetta, loved always loved Frasetta's work. Um, the, the, I'm a fantasy guy, so the, the, this comes through. What's your best value budget hobby purchase of less than £20? Uh, wet palette. It will change your painting totally. Um, you need less than that because at the end of the day, you need a plastic box, some the, the tissue paper, water, and a uh, the, the uh, sort of baking uh, tray uh, paper. Uh, it will totally change your ability to paint everything. Nothing will be the same. It's, the difference is so massive. 
your life would be so much easier. If you could live in any historical period, where, when and why? Good question, Estidi. If, if I'd have time to learn ancient Greek, I would go to talk to Socrates because his, his thoughts on seminalites, the, the, uh, how to live a good life, what is wisdom, is the, who we are, it's the, the, what is right and wrong. It's the, the, and I also like, I really like many facts about his life. Like he had all these filthy rich Athenian nobles as students, wouldn't take a penny, made his living as a stonemason. The, 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 in his youth, this, the, we all see this old dude with beard and big ugly noses. The, in his youth, the first spear of Athens, the great general Alcibiades, is the, Socrates saved him against three bloody full Spartan warriors. It's the, the so this combination of very down to earth and the, the seeing eye to eye, like the the great historian who wrote on the the if everybody was as brave as Socrates, Spartans would not have raised any victory uh, banners. It's the um, and this is just on his side. This kind of like Miyamoto Musashi, who was both a a, a philosopher and warrior. That's an interesting combination there. But for somebody that I could actually speak to, because the problem if I went to ancient Greeks, Greece is the most likely we wouldn't understand each other. It's the, the also the sanitation's poor. Um, yeah, I would go and talk to Tolkien. It's the, the he was a huge fan of a Finnish language and the Finnish mythology. So I think we'd have a lot to talk about. And the, the I loved his. Life journey is the as he actually became more and more of a pacifist. It's the it's the unhated war even more. Um, I father father of more, uh, fantasy. It's the very difficult for me to not to want to talk to him first. So those two would be off the top of my head. Do you think there are any underutilized settings or periods in tabletop gaming? Yeah, that's why I'm making tr- trench crusade. First World War with the rather than pure historical as the inspiration. Now this was this great image that I saw that there was this a mounted First World War soldier wearing metal armor, gas mask, the horse is wearing gas mask, he's got a, a, a bolt action rifle, grenades and a lance. And I thought that is absolute madness. It's the, the, that, the, that there was a war like this. I mean obviously a terrible war, but from the point of view of a war game designer, what a fascinating period and totally undertapped. So the, the, that's why I'm making Trench Crusade right now, so I can tap it. What might people be surprised to hear that you're not very good at? Um, like, I don't drive a car. It's the, the, I, don't, I don't come from a rich family and in Finland it's the rights of passage. It's the family has money when you're 18. It's the, the, but I kind of, of course, we didn't have that money. I never picked that skill, and then I kind of thought that, well, I know where I come from this way. So the, the especially in North America, everybody expected everybody drives a car, and they are super surprised when you don't. But it's also meant that I walk everywhere, and that is really good for you. It's the, the this is a hard job on your for your body because you are sitting all day, eating pizza, coke. I mean. Um, I got to avoid a lot of that because I don't have a car. What have you recently changed your mind about? I was uh, the the I've been proud of the of the 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 like the sort of a rising level of professionalism in the industry. It's the, the and I'm now talking about the hobby shops. 
But I also think that maybe we've gone a bit overboard. It's become too much like when you go to a lot of the, the stores that it's become too much like a bank. It's, the, the, it's too posh place for a somebody like me, which is a little bit weird considering that I do it for a living. It's the, the so getting a bit more of that the old skunk works. There's the this place called Lead Belt Arena here in Nottingham that I visited. It's like a good old down to earth, like the the maybe not every single surface is polished to mirror finish, but the, the super welcoming, it's the, the stacks of games everywhere. You can lose yourself into it. It's the uh, maybe it's more that we need a balance there, that there are the, the uh, shops that the, the, somebody like I can walk into and don't feel that is the, the shop is way too posh for me. When was the last time something in the hobby surprised you? This is very specific, but I went to Italy and I, because I thought I'd seen everything about miniature painting already. And there is this guy, it's the Dark Age work, Workshop, this a great Italian miniature painter who uses real hair and fur and fabric in the in the mini in the miniatures floor like flawless like it suits because of course normally the scale is wrong but he uses stuff from the fishing sh- shops which is the bright scale for miniatures because it's so fine and I saw stuff that the the like sca- hairy scaven that look perfect using real hair and fur and the the uh, the, the natural materials uh, absolutely incredible and something I'd never seen before. They're very surprising, and I'm really glad I could see something that's really like the the uh, came from off the left field for me. Did you know that just like every other podcast out there, this show has its very own Patreon? But this is no ordinary Patreon; it's actually the worst Patreon ever. That's right, there's no rewards, no extras, no bonus content, no early access, no shout-outs and no thank-yous. I'll just take the money and quietly get on with making the show. Not that there's any money to take because hardly anyone's pledging to the thing. Like I say, it's the worst Patreon ever. Find it at bedroombattlefields.com slash worst Patreon ever. That's all one word, worst Patreon ever. Now, back to the show. Tell me something that's true that almost nobody agrees with you on. You should, when you the, the ask for rules answers, is the, the answer should always be rules as written, even for often that is actually really unintuitive or might be unbalanced. But the thing there is that the most people want you to answer with a question that sort of agrees what most of the fan base does. And that's good if, if you've done a official FAQ or new edition. But otherwise, you have to think of the new players who acquire a game. And the, the, they learn the rules, then they go and play in tournament. And everybody is pulling out these answers on internet that the designers given that are different than what's in the books. So that'll ruin the experience for new players. So especially for a competitive setting it's the, the uh, you should follow rules as written as much as you can even if everybody kind of would like to play it in a different way simply to to make it more welcoming to new players who don't have access to some obscure answer that a designer's given online tell me something you once believed about the hobby that turned out not to be true uh, yeah i mean of course when you were a, a kid it's the 
I thought it's the, that there were, when uh, you read the fiction, that there is this great plan that's all planned out in this AA Warhammer or 40k universe. But in reality, once I started working with it and with the people who did the original text, it's the, we use something called closed door method. So you write the fiction and you leave a lot of mysteries that you can return to further. But we don't have any idea when the, the uh, when we wrote the, write those. But then you look really clever when you reveal later on. You decide what that closed door, what's behind it. Usually more closed doors. It's the and everybody thinks that there was this the, the great the the. A, a set fiction that we are all following and the, we have these reference materials. No, it's, the, it's not like that at all. Are there any common hobby myths and misconceptions that make you roll your eyes? Well, I'll say one thing. It's the, the, when we are talking about Warhammer specifically, it's the IVAP. There is this weird trend right now is the thinking that the, the Imperium are good guys in Warhammer 40,000. I said, well, the bloody first page says that this is the worst of all possible word, worlds. It's the, the uh, space marines are being used a lot as the, the like this inspiration to the, the, the like these good paladins in shining armor. The problem, of course, would be that they, they would consider most of us heretics and including all the elderly and women and children and the, they, they would shoot us in the head. They're not good guys. They're really bad. It's the, the, just that people they are fighting tend, quite often tend to be even a bit worse, but that doesn't make them good. Now that's a, I see all these, the, the memes glorifying them as the, the, this is what goodness and wholesomeness looks like. And I'm just, make me think that, have you read anything the, the, in, the, in the lore? They are really bad people. Are there any particularly satisfying mechanics you've either created yourself or came across whilst playing someone else's game? Well, I'm going to use my own since the, 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 because there is a ton of great game mechanics I admire, but the Mordheim's exploration role, which gives you your income, the, the, all the, the, the finding unusual places within it and ability to modify it through the metagame. And you only know, need to get a handful of dice roll that, and it's the, that all of that happens out of that. I really like when I don't have those players to roll again and again and again and again and again to get the, 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 the end result. Sometimes there are places where you want to roll a lot of dice, or you want to roll on several subtitles, uh, but the, the, for something that you do repeatedly, that's part of the call loop, like the, the end game call loop in Mordheim. I'm really proud of that, the, the exploration role. I got a lot of stuff out of a single handful of dice. When it comes to regiments, do you prefer monopose or multi-kit? I've so much gotten into painting lately that now I would go with the, the multi-pose simply because I get bored doing the same model again and again and again. Do you prefer plastic, resin or metal miniatures? That's a tough one. All of them have something to say about them. It's the, I'd say right now resin simply because I've been painting a lot of resin. So I would, I would, it would be easier for me to get going. That's just because I've been doing it so a lot, a lot, a lot of it lately. Do you prefer black, white or zenithal undercoats? Uh, I do zenithal for everything nowadays. Black, um, then the the grey from the the forty five degree uh, from above angle, and then white. Everything. And what's your ethos when it comes to basing a miniature? 
I now I, I like a lot to go on the again for the simple reason I get bored if I do the same thing again. So now I bought lots of little gubinsies and the the tufts of uh, the the uh, grass and whatnot is the, the the fake little rocks and anything just to make it more fun for myself. Do you have any advice for those who want to follow your path? Well, read a lot, a lot, and not just the easy books. Read Dostoevsky. You have to be very good at crafting words. And the only way really to do that is read and then do it. Um, go to school. You have a huge advantage that you can study game design now in university. When I was doing it, it's the there just was simply not a single place to learn it. None. It's the... the Go and study so you learn the basics, so you don't have to start quite so rough. Um, learn to write on schedule. Like the great thing that Games Workshop did when I joined us, everybody who went into game design had to do a stint at White Dwarf, because when you have to deliver a 120 plus page magazine every month without a fail, and there is no, no option of not doing it, it's the, the, that teaches you to f not have a writer's block. There is no time for it. And finally, what are you working on right now? And is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Well, I obviously work on a, a, a video games. I have an absolute metric ton of them right now. It's the, the, that's my day job it's the, with my friends in Finland. It's the, uh, if you want to play a really fun old school the, the 2D platform uh, shooter. It's the, it's the game called Mr. Autofire we do. It's the, the check it out on App Store. It's doing really well. It's the super fun. Uh, on the tabletop space, is the, I'm working with Man, uh, Mike from China, is the, who you know from the Diablo games, an absolutely tremendous artist. It's the, uh, and the Brass Mon Monkey, James Sheriff, on modeling side. Mira Manga, that people might know from Inquisition 28, on this game called Trench Crusade. It's a sort of a uh, First World War meets demons. It's the uh, on a sort of a Mordheim uh, level of skirmish game. We're doing a full model range. Um, there is a you're going to be quite surprised of the the people who are in, uh, involved with this on art side. It's the, the having ton of fun. I wanted to do another uh, big tabletop game for ages. It's the uh, you can find the first batch of miniatures that we did already on Kickstarter. It was very successful. So now the, 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 you can find us on the, all the social media. Look for Trench Crusade. Uh, Mike, Mike's art will blast your brains out. It's the, he's so good. Massive thanks to Thomas for taking the time to indulge us with his own answers to those questions. Again, I'm always amazed at how generous folks in this hobby are with their time, even when they are what I consider to be in the legendary category. And a wee bit of bonus content for you now because we had a brief chat before recording the main section of the show and it turned out that Thomas was actually in Nottingham catching up with a lot of his old GW pals. So naturally I was curious to find out a bit more about it. Um, John Blanche, as you know, retired from Games Workshop after 46 years of steering the entire uh, the artistic vision of Games Workshop. I mean been there from the very first edition of Warhammer. Um, so he sent me a message that come and see me and John's never ever asked anything from me, apart from obviously at work. Right, finish your bloody rules so I can get on with the art. And, oh, John, 
It's the, I'm writing as fast as my smoke coming off my fingers. He's so fast. He's so fast with his art. It's unbelievable. Um, so I said, right, it's the, I'm gonna, it's the, I mean, obviously, first of all, I want to see John. Second of all, if he asks the, the, he will have a reason and the, the, um, the, the, uh, it'll be, do me a lot of good. And while I'm there, is the why not see all my good friends? I mean, we keep in touch, but when you live in a different country, and for a long time I was working in North America, you're living in another continent, um, it's the, you just don't uh, the, the see each other face to face, which is a real shame because all of us are kind of people that the social media isn't real life to us. It's the, especially, you imagine we work on a physical product back in GW. I've done a lot of digital games meanwhile. So the, the, when I came to see John, spent a couple of days with him, stunned. He wanted to do an interview, which he never gives. So we did an interview on working together, his art. It's the, the reaching back to the... Because he's, he obviously... Is, all those days of the, the first edition Warhammer, the, the, the beginning of Games Workshop, where Ian Miller, how he got to meet him, it's the uh, doing the cover of the first edition of Dungeons and Dragons. Like we are talking about deep foundational base of the entire hobby, like in a kind of level that you quite frankly, there is, there are maybe two, three people like him that you can have that conversation with it's because there's just simply aren't Gary, Gary Gygax is gone it's the, the so how many others of the the the, the true pioneers for that were the, there from the very beginning so and um, the, the very special cool great stuff um, well, again I've, I've just got another question before we start with the, with the pre-written ones but uh when you like get together with those folks that you mentioned, like household names in this hobby in this industry, and you worked with them so long ago, is it just like no time has passed at all once you're together? Like, is it just like you're back there in time? No, yeah, no. Like we start from the exact same point we left. I know it sounds like it's sort of a, a fake answer, but it's true. Like the the we just get right into it. It's the. Um, I think all of us are like the exchanging empty platitudes. None of us want to do that. So we get right back to what is our passion. And it's a shared passion. Like, I mean, we come from different angles, whether you're an artist or a fiction writer or a game designer or a miniature sculptor. But um, it's it's our life's work. So um, that's what we want to talk about. It's the, I mean, obviously, sure. We talk about how we're doing and the, the, the important people in our lives and the, the, our families. But as part of that flow, I'm, I, it really is that it feels like I just left, continue the discussion I left last time when I sat down on a chair with him. It's just the way we are, yes. It's the, um, uh, sometimes you'd imagine it would be more awkward. I haven't been too far. Just uh, one wee last thing I just wanted to point out because I've been rereading all my old white dwarfs from the nineties, and I, mm. I found a they 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 had a an editorial about how they got on the internet. You know, this was like nineteen ninety five, and I think yeah. shortly after there they mentioned, you know, they published one of your articles, and from what I saw, they basically found that article online back in the mid nineties. Yep. So was that the case? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely the case. It's the the 
the I uh, Finland was in a deep economic depression at that time. I was just out of the army, young lad. It's the the so it was an outlet for my creativity. I didn't think anything would come out of it, but I wrote tons of stuff, uh, tactics articles, new army lists. One of them is the Citadel Journal published the Kislev army list, which is the first professional work I did for Games Workshop. Absolutely 100% true. It's the, they found my articles on internet. There was I've only found out later that there was quite a big following of it, like around the world. I mean, of course, people talk to me, but the, the, I was super surprised it's the, the, to get an invitation to Games Workshop. But 100% true. Everybody do not try to get a job that way. It's not going to work. This was a very different time. Thanks very much for listening to this episode of the Tabletop Miniature Hobby Podcast. If you enjoy the show, then please do share it with someone else you think might enjoy it too. And be sure to check out our Discord community of like-minded hobbyists, which you can find at bedroombattlefields.com forward slash discord. It'd be great to see you in there.